Welcome to Baby Boomer Tales. My name is Jim. Just sit back and relax for a while. Glad to have you riding along. The title of today's episode is Pot Poor 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 Wee Wee. Potpourri. might find what you need and more at home or Kate's general store. You might find what you need and more at home or Kate's general store. Well, thank you very much, fellers. That's quite the van you have out there, all painted with flowers and stuff. <laughs> Man, I haven't seen something like that since the early 1970s. Please come again. So, Homer, what were you doing with all those hippies in the store? I don't know if they're hippies, Jerry, but they had a flower power bus. Yes, sir, do da day. They had a flower power bus. Uh, you mean like a hippie van, Homer? Yeah. So they were hippies. I don't know, Jerry. Maybe they were in a band, but they weren't the taters and gravy. I'll tell you that right now. Who doggies. Anyway, Jerry, what are you doing? Oh, nothing, Homer. Nothing at all. What's this thing on your counter, Homer? Let's see. What are you talking about, Jerry? It looks like a couple of marijuana cigarettes, the way they're rolled. You mean joints? Those fellers left joints? Oh, no. Oh, no, Jerry. What are we going to do? I better call the sheriff's department right now. Hold on. Hold on there, Homer. There's really not enough for them to waste their time on. I know. I know. Should we smoke them and get rid of it? What are you talking about, Homer? Do you smoke pot? No, Jerry, I don't smoke pot. I just want to get rid of the evidence. What evidence, Homer? The evidence those boys in the hippie van left. Well, Homer, you want to get them in trouble? Not particularly, but isn't it a federal crime to keep evidence away from the G-men? What are G-men? You know, the cops. I don't know, Homer. I don't know. Why don't we just throw them in that potbelly stove you have? It's still going. First of April, and it's still burning the potbelly stove. I know, Jerry. It keeps it all toasty and warm, and sometimes I kind of fall asleep sitting there humming to myself. Oh, Susanna, and all that stuff, you know, Jerry. Okay, Homer, let's just throw them in there. Get rid of them. But, Jerry... The smoke will come out the chimney and the whole town of some city will get high. I don't think they'll all get high from a couple joints we burned up out there. Jerry, you never know. How do you know if you never smoke the stuff? 
because just the laws of time and space, there's a lot of space out there, and these joints are only uh, two inches long. Are they two inches? They're not very big, Homer. I know, Jerry. Do me a favor, and don't tell Katie that we had some pot in this store. The word pour, P-O-U-R. You have a nice bowl of cereal and you pour milk on it. You pour yourself a glass of milk before you eat a cookie. You don't want to pour grease down your drain. Pour a glass of beer and get a nice big head on it. You pour concrete to get a nice patio. It's pouring down rain on a cloudy day. You pour creamer into your coffee. May I pour you a cup of tea? Smoke was pouring out of the chimney. Light poured into the window on a sunny day. The crowd poured onto the court as the team won the basketball game. Pour. Our song of the week this week is Poor Little Fool by Ricky Nelson. Written in 1958 by 15-year-old Sharon Sheely. She wrote this song after breaking up with Don Everly of the Everly Brothers. Later, she drove to Ricky Nelson's house, walking the last block to his house, and she knocked on his door and told old Ricky that her car had broken down a block or two away and would he please help her fix it? This is 1958, you have to remember this. Well, Ricky went down, helped her fix her car, and when they got to her car, she sprung this song on him, Poor Little Fool. Well, she must have been a convincing young girl because Nelson recorded the song and it became the first number one song on Billboard Magazine's new Hot 100 chart. Poor little, oh yeah, I was a fool. Uh-huh. When I was a boy, I collected baseball cards. The front of the card had the picture of the baseball player, the name of the team he played on, and the position he played. Some of the pictures had him batting or if he's a pitcher, pitching, some of them just had them sitting there. Usually had their baseball cap on with the logo of the team on the baseball cap. The back of the card had their stats on it. Some years, those baseball cards had stats from previous years through their whole career. Some years, they just gave the last year they played and their total stats for their career. I always liked the stats that had every year on the baseball card. 1958, 1959, 1960, etc., etc. I would pour over those stats. I would P-O-R-E over those stats. An example of it, uh, let's just use my childhood hero, Mickey Mantle. Look at the back of his card, and I saw immediately towards the top of the stats, 1952, where he hit 23 home runs, had 87 RBIs, runs batted in, a 311 batting average, 
down a couple three seasons. And there's his 1956 season where he had 52 home runs, 130 RBIs, and a 350 batting average. 1961, a few years later, 54 home runs. That's the year Roger Maris hit his 61. 128 RBIs and a 317 batting average. Mickey played till 1968. This was on the back of everybody's baseball card, and I collected them all. And I'd pour over those stats. I was a stats nerd. I still am. I still am. I keep stats on everything. Well, today, stats are still important to me in sports because I play fantasy football and, yes, fantasy baseball. And you have to know the stats because the way you score points in fantasy baseball and football is through the stats. It's a fun time and my wife thinks I'm a nerd. So I'm a poor P-O-O-R nerd who pours P-O-R-E over those stats as I pour me a Coca-Cola in a tall frosty glass. For our unusual fact of the week... The French say yes by the word we. They usually say yes twice, we, we. But that is not the only word for yes in the French language. Believe it or not, the word see is the word for yes, but they use that in not a friendly response. So you are ugly, right? And you reply, see, before you plow them in the nose. Well, I'm sorry. We are violence-free here. I was just trying to be funny. Walk away. That's better. That's better. I don't want to plow anybody in the nose, and I definitely don't want to get plowed in the nose. And chances are, if I plow someone in the nose, I will be plowed back right in the snozzola. So, none of that for me. Wee wee. Now for another edition of Forky and Earl. When Forky and Earl were freshmen in high school, they got to choose the classes that they would take for the year, and they both chose Spanish. Forky said, Earl, I want to take a class that's not English. Earl said, they don't have French in this school, Forky. And Forky said, I know, I wish they had French so I could talk to those maids. And Earl said, I don't know any French. Do you know French, Forky? And Forky goes, fries. I know French fries. And Earl goes, is that French? And Forky said, I don't know, Earl. That's just what they're called. And they've got that French name in it. So Forky and Earl signed up for Spanish class. Forky and Earl's teacher that year was Mr. Foster. Mr. Foster was a tall, older gentleman that was very, very nice but he liked to call people by their Spanish name. He would call Earl Diego. Senor Diego, go here. Senor Diego, wake up. Senor Diego, stop talking to the girls. Andale, andale, pronto, pronto. And he would call Forky, Senor Cafe. Senor Cafe, do this. Senor Cafe, do that. Senor Cafe, thank you for doing your homework. Senor Cafe, why do you pal around with Senor Diego? And all that stuff. And it was not a very fun class for Earl. But Forky said, I think this is okay, Earl. What do you think? Earl said, 
I don't speak Spanish, Forky. And Forky said, that's why we take the class, Earl, so we can learn how to speak Spanish. And Earl said, why, Forky? I thought this would be an easy class, and it is not. Well, as time went on, Earl had to sit closer and closer to the front desk where Mr. Foster would sit. One day, Earl got a 27 on a Spanish test, and Mr. Foster said, Diego, I think it's time you sit at my desk. Well, Earl got very proud of himself and said, I think he wants me to be the teacher. And Forky said, Earl, you don't even know how to say taco. And Earl said, but I'm going to sit at the front desk, Forky. And Forky said, Earl, I don't think that's a promotion. Well, Earl had to sit at Mr. Foster's desk all semester long just to pass the class. And Forky got A's and B's, and Earl finally knew how to say taco. And Forky said, Earl, I know this doesn't really matter to you, but if we would have taken French, you would have learned how to say we, we. Thank you for riding along today with our little potpourri show. Little this and little that. I hope you had a fun time. You can find our podcast, Baby Boomer Tales, wherever they play podcasts, such as Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Podchaser, YouTube, and more. You can also find our Boomer's General Store at babyboomertales.com. If you ever want to get a hold of us, you can write us at babyboomertales at gmail. Well, here we are. It's about time to say hasta la vista, or how do you say it in the French? I forgot. I should have paid more attention to Spanish class. Always be kind. When you look back at your life and you recognize all the kind things you said and did and helped others, you will know that your life was well lived. I'll be back next Wednesday. Peace out.